Welcome to Presence Church's Sermon of the Week. We are so excited to share this powerful word with you. How are you guys? Everyone say Jesus. Come on. Can we pray? Thank you, God. Come on, everyone just say King Jesus. King Jesus. Come on, everyone just say I bow before King Jesus. Yeah, God, we just bless you. Father, we bless you. You're worthy, Jesus. You're worthy, God. We bless you. We bless you, God. We bless you, God. Not just in words, but with our lives, God. We bless you. God, we just thank you for the breath in our lungs. Amen? Amen. All right, this week I had a dream, and I was standing right here, and I was pointing at everyone, and it was like, I was pointing just like in one direction, but I knew I was pointing at each individual person, and in the dream I said, this is the season for evangelism, and I knew it was like, it was like personal for every single person. I was pointing to the congregation, but it was like individuals, like, this is the season for evangelism, and I didn't know what, I, I was actually planning on sharing on like joy and the gospel, but then I felt like, I mean, it's all tied together, right? Um, raise your hand if you just love going out there and sharing Jesus. It's not scary at all. You just raise your hand if raise your hand if you just love going up to someone and telling them about the death and resurrection of Christ. That's right. We got a couple. Hallelujah. Let's go. That's so funny. Um, raise your hand if you know that you're called to do it. What? All right. All right. We got half of us. Raise your hand if you're a Christian and you love Jesus. Okay. All right. Just wanted to make sure. That's, that's awesome. Um, you guys know that God is in the business of people. Like, that's what's on God's heart the most is people. Okay? You know? Um, sometimes we get so focused on our, our lives and our castles that we're building that we forget that what's on God's heart is people and the kingdom and what's eternal, right? And um, kind of what, what Micah was saying was just super on my heart too is uh, the, we're not going to take anything with us to heaven except other people. You know, in the, in the context of the scripture that Micah was sharing, like don't worry about your life, what you'll eat, what you'll wear, because the people who don't know God chase after these things. The context of that, Jesus says, store up your treasures in heaven where neither wrath nor moth? Moth. Moths? Roth? Ira account. <laughs> it's so funny. It's in my head as Roth. Where moth or, oh, that's why, because rust. Where moth or rust destroy. Where thieves don't break in and steal. Come on. Yeah, so my heart is just to remind us that the, you came naked into this world, you're going to leave naked. And just to remember, like, you have one life, it's going to go fast. Only what's done for Christ is going to last, right? Yeah? 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 You know, sometimes, like, the devil loves to scare us out of sharing Jesus. But you guys all, every single one of us has good news to share. Evangelist just means bringer of good tidings, good news. Okay, we're all called to the Great Commission, and you have a story. You have good news to share. Amen? You have something good to bring to the world. You know, sometimes it's scary because it's like they don't want it, what I have. But you know what? The Bible says that Jesus is the desire of nations, so they may not know what you really have. They may have heard about Jesus and heard about Christians being hypocritical and heard about stuff that they don't want. But you know what? What they really want is Jesus, right? 
Come on. The Bible says that those who look to him are radiant, and their faces shine like noonday, and no one lights a lamp and puts it under a bowl, right? Come on. So everything that we're called to do is to, is to shine. We're called to abide, shine like Jesus, right? So we're going to do this. We're going to evangelize. We're going to share, right? We're going to share Jesus with people, <laughs> and it's going to start by being with Jesus, enjoying Jesus, right? You know, one time I had a dream, and I get, I get, I get so pumped on sharing Jesus. I come alive when I see someone who doesn't know Jesus encounter God. I don't know any other times in my life where I come more alive. Like when that happens, I go, this is what I was made for. Because it's eternal. Like that's something that's not going to burn up when it's tested by fire at the end of time, right? That, those seeds and those people are what, what's worth the most, you know? And that's why I get so pumped up. But I had this dream. Um, and in the dream, I was fishing with Jesus. And in the dream, I was, the water was all murky. I, could, I remember vividly, I couldn't see anything. It was just like murky. And I was like, where's the fish? Where's the fish? And I looked over and I see Jesus. And he's like, it's not about how many fish you catch. It's about how you spend your time catching the fish. And he was sitting on the bank with me. And, and I was like, oh, it's, it's about the root, not the fruit. Right? Everyone say the root, not the fruit. Okay, if you want to bear fruit, what do you do? We all say this, like we want to be like a tree and go... No, you're planted by the stream of living water, right? What does it say in Psalms? It says, blessed is the man who walks not in the way of sinners or sits in the seat of scoffers because he's like a tree planted by streams of water who bears fruit in his season, in, in every season, and all that he does, he prospers, right? So number one thing, we all know this, sit at the feet of Jesus, right? Learn from him. Take his yoke upon you, okay? There's things that you may have to do, like, you don't need to, like... There's things that you need to do first before you just run out there like a chicken with their head cut off, right? And first is to know how loved you are, right? You have to know the love of God for you before you go tell others how much God loves them, right? It needs to be a natural overflow, like, I'm shining because I'm so loved, right? One time I was at, um, I was, <laughs> I was at a red box, and I remember clear as day walking in the Walmart parking lot to the red box, going like this, <laughs> just like, I felt the spirit of God and I felt so loved by Jesus. You know, sometimes I go through seasons of feeling like I'm not good enough, you know, or like I got to do more for him, you know, and it's just not fun. And I actually bear less fruit when I think so much about the fruit. I bear less fruit when I think so much about all this stuff I need to do for God. I'm actually thinking about myself when that happens. It may come from a good place of like, I want to see people saved, but I'm not focusing on how much he loves me and letting it overflow, right? So I'm walking into Walmart, and I just remember the Spirit of God just making me happy. Like, just happy. I was just, and I walk in, and there's two red boxes next to each other. And I'm just smiling, but I didn't know I was smiling. And I'm ordering a red box, and then I, I just hear, well, aren't you just so happy? And I, and I look over, and there's this lady ordering her red box, and I was just like, of course I'm happy. I have Jesus, you know? And then it opened up the door for the gospel where I ended up getting a word of knowledge for her. She got healed of like some shoulder thing. And then she's like, I got to get my husband in here. He's over in Walmart. Let's talk. And then I think there were Christians that just hadn't been to church in a while. And I got to just like blast them with the love of God, you know? So number one, you're so loved. God is so good. If there's any thought in your head that's just tearing you down, it's not from God. God is encouraging. He's uplifting. He wants the best for you. Yeah. You know, it's true. Come on. Who loves themselves? Raise your hand if you love yourself. Come on. Come on. You know, it's, it's humble. To, it's not prideful to, to love yourself. 
it's, it's prideful to be like, it's all about me and not go love people because I'm God's favorite and no one else, you know, I'm, you know, I, you know what I mean? Like, it's all about me. But you're going to bear more fruit when you know how much God loves you, you know? So take some time. Sit at his feet. Enjoy him. Amen? Come on. Everyone say, I am called to evangelize. Yeah, come on. You guys, you guys have heard that. There may be, sometimes there's a thought when we talk about evangelism where it's like, well, the Bible says in Ephesians that he gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. And I'm just not, I'm a teacher. I'm not an evangelist. I don't have boldness, okay? But if you read the next part of that verse, it says, he gave these for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. Okay, so the apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, what, are, what does it say for, for their job is to do? To equip the saints for the work of the ministry. Okay, we're all called to do this thing. You may not operate as an evangelist 24-7 and feel that fire. You may feel called to teach. That's amazing. That's awesome. Keep doing it, you know? But always remember that there's people around you when you're at Walmart, when you're at the store that need him. Come on, and you carry something, okay? Everyone say, I carry the power of God. Come on. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of what? But of power, love, and a sound mind. Come on. You know that word power in Greek is dunamis? Come on. It's the same word used in Mark 5 when the woman touched Jesus. The woman with bleeding in Mark 5. She had bleeding that couldn't be healed. Everyone know the story? And she, she wasn't being healed from this bleeding no matter who she saw. And she touched Jesus. And Jesus perceived that power had flown out of him, had, had left him. And he turned around and it was a woman and she was instantly healed, okay? That's, that, that, that Greek word dunamis is the same word when it says in Second uh, Timothy, God has given us a spirit of power. It's the same word when that woman touched Jesus and was healed, he perceived that power had come out of him. Okay? <laughs> Everyone say, I have power. And sometimes we go like, I have power. But sometimes we don't know what that is. It's just like, what is the power of God? Okay? Come on. This, the, the word power, dunamis, it's the same word when, in, when it describes all of Jesus' mighty works. Did you know that? All of his miracles. It's the same word. You guys have the power of God resting on you. Do you guys know that? Come on. Why, and we need the power of God. Why? Because it witnesses to the resurrection of the, of the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay? Whenever we see the apostles going out in Acts they go out with power, and it witnesses to the resurrection of Jesus. Okay? If you, if you feel like you don't have the power of God, there's a few things. Um, a, Jesus told his disciples, this is after he did a bunch of ministry, after they did a bunch of ministry, he said, hey, don't go into the towns yet. Wait here in Jerusalem until you've received the promise of the Holy Spirit. Then you will be my witnesses from Jerusalem Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the world, okay? So in Acts 2, they received the promise of the Holy Spirit, and power came upon them, and they were his witnesses. You guys get it? Yeah? We need to be, we need to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. You know, Jesus, Jesus was born of the Spirit, okay? He was born of a Virgin Mary, right? And born of the Spirit, and then when he was baptized in water, the Spirit came upon him and baptized him for ministry. Then he was led into the desert, into the wilderness, and then he came back and it said he was full of the power of God. And that's when he started his evangelistic ministry, okay? So we all need to remember that we can be baptized in the Holy Spirit of God for this stuff. Amen? In uh, 
Acts 4, 33, it says, And with great power the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. Here's another verse in Acts 1. It says, And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Everyone say, baptized with the Holy Spirit. Not many days from now. Skip to verse 8. But you shall receive power. Same word, dunamis. Everyone say, power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the, of the earth. And then when that actually promise came, 3,000 people got saved in that one day, okay? So evangelism also is tied with power, okay? There's, you can, you know, Paul says to the Corinthians, when I came to you, I didn't come with words of just eloquent wisdom, but I came to you in demonstration of the Spirit's power so that your faith not might, might not rest in man, but in God, okay? So power witnesses to the resurrection of Jesus. It's not like we're seeking power because we want to see a crazy miracle. It's just a part of the gospel, We're telling people Jesus rose from the grave and he's alive today and he came inside me and made me new and you can be new too, you know? And when Jesus sent out his disciples, he said, heal the sick, cast out devils, you know? There's this real reality that this is tied with evangelism and we need to just agree with who God is. It's his nature to heal, to set free. Come on, come on, Jesus. Yeah, come on, Holy Ghost. Come on, Jesus. Um... Yeah, I'm just trying to think of some testimonies to encourage us in evangelism. Um, raise your hand if you've been out and about, and you just there's a certain person that you just feel like you want to talk to about Jesus, like someone's super highlighted. Come on, have you? And you, when you guys step out, there's there's a, like crazy encounters, right? God's setting you up for something amazing, right? I remember one time, my wife and I had just gotten in our car from a coffee shop, and um, there was this man who was sitting alone in the courtyard, and she gets in and she's like. I need to talk to that guy. I need to talk to that guy. And there's always that like thing that no one wants to talk to the guy, but like we know that it's God. And I don't know what that is, but we just got to get rid of that. You know, we just got to get rid of it. There's people around the world getting beaten for their faith, but over here we're like, he's going to think I'm silly. You know, (laughs) the guy's going to make fun of me. You know, it's just weird. We're like, it's just weird. I'm guilty of it so often, you know? It's like you, you're at Costco, and then all of a sudden you're like, no, that's not a word. Like, <laughs> stop it. I'm getting cheese, Lord. I don't want to, you know? Like, no one in Costco wants to hear about Jesus right now. Costco's weird. It's depressing. Like, no one wants the light of God in here, Lord. Like, but that's God, and you're not of this world, you know? The Bible says that uh, no good soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs, but makes it a point to please his commanding officer, you know? You may look foolish, but some, we just got to talk about it and be like, I'm okay with looking dumb. Jesus committed no sin and was counted up among the transgressors, murdered on a cross for us. He was okay with looking dumb for us so we could be set free from sin. It's the same thing when we're moved. We're not moved with a list of to-dos. I have to do this to be a good Christian. It's I'm moved with compassion because I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God for salvation for you. I care about you. We've been given the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself through Jesus, not counting their sins against them. It's really good news. Hey, here's the deal. Apart from Jesus, you're going to die. Because he's eternal life. You don't want eternal life. That's your choice, okay? But there's good news. It's been paid for. The the gift is free. Repent of your sins and be baptized. Come in. His mercies are new every morning. You can be a new creation. It's good news. Sometimes, you know, 
I'm not saying everyone's going to love you talking to them about it. There's times when Jesus, like, healed multitudes, and it says multitudes were gathered to him. And then at times when it says Jesus went about preaching, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, and it doesn't talk about multitudes being there when he's talking about that, you know? But you still go and preach. Don't worry about how the seed is received. Just sow it. Sow the seed. Come on. We need to, we need to preach the gospel. At the, at the end of our life, we're going to see Jesus face to face, you know, and, and everything else isn't going to matter. It's not going to matter what you had in your bank. It's not going to matter. Um, people are going to matter, and they're going to be there with you. Now, those are the treasures in heaven, and it's just what we have to seek. It's what we have to store up. It's what we have to wake up every day for, you know? Come on, Holy Ghost. We need you, Jesus. Come on, the gospel. Everyone say, I got good news to share. Come on. Who, who wants more boldness in their life to share Jesus? Come on, who wants more boldness to share Jesus? I do. Come on. I want more boldness. I want to share Jesus every day. The, you know, the word boldness, it means to be unreserved in speech. It means freedom in speaking. What else does it mean? It means without concealment. Come on, who, who has been somewhere and just wants... The Holy Spirit in you is a river. You know, I love what Bill John said. He said the Holy Spirit's in you as a river, not a lake. You know, it's not just for you, right? The, the Spirit, of, the, you get born again by the Spirit for you, for salvation, for, for freedom from sin, to walk righteously. That's why you get born again. The Spirit comes inside of you, makes you a new creation. But then the Holy Spirit comes and baptizes you, comes upon you, and empowers you for ministry for the sake of others, Two things. You know, some people think, well, like, there's, there's a baptism in water, John's baptism for repentance. And in Acts 19, Paul finds some believers, and he goes, hey, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they go, we didn't know there was a Holy Spirit. Then he goes, well, then what were you baptized into? And they go, into John's baptism. And they go, and, and Paul goes, well, John baptized into water for repentance. And then the, the scripture says that Jesus, he who's coming will baptize you with, what does it say, Fire? Holy Spirit and fire. And then, he bat- and then he says, so let's pray for you. And he prays on these Christians who are already Christians, and they receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and start speaking in tongues. There's multiple instances in the Bible where believers, believers hadn't received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and then the apostles pray for them, and they get full of the Spirit and start speaking in tongues. You know, I'm not saying you have to speak in tongues to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, but it is crazy how a lot of biblical examples show that. So we got to be okay with that too. 3,000 people got saved. Micah's preached in Mandarin to a guy, and the guy got saved. Micah doesn't know Mandarin, but he knew the Holy Spirit was in him, and he's just like, well, here we go. It's just, we got to be okay with it. I don't know. This is awesome. Come on, Holy Ghost. Come on, Holy Ghost. Did I even finish Valerie's testimony? I didn't, huh? That's why I I have notes. Praise, Praise the Lamb. Um, wow, where did I go? Jesus, we were at a, we were at that coffee shop, right? Valerie comes back in the car, and there's this guy super highlighted sitting by himself. Valerie just can't shake that she wants to talk to him. But all of a sudden, when, when you can't shake it, all of a sudden, there's this wall of resistance, right? So we're all talking about it, and they're like, we should go talk to this guy. Yeah, you probably should. Should we leave? No, you should talk to him. Uh, and there's like that moment, you know? And God's, you're not a puppet. You have free will. That's why I say God is in the business of people. It's up to us if we want to partner with him. That's what he's thinking about. We're thinking about maybe I want to go home right now. Maybe that's uncomfortable. And he's like, well, I gave you myself. I'm a comforter. Step out into uncomfortable situations and I'll comfort you. 
the comforter isn't just so we can sit at home and be comfortable all the time. It's because he knows you're going to be in uncomfortable situations. But he's not going to force you. You're, you're not a puppet on a string, but you can co-labor with someone who has a plan for salvation for people. And, and it might be as easy as, oh my gosh, I really feel God's heart for that guy. I don't know what I want to say, but I just feel God for you. That's, exa- that's all she had in this moment. She goes up to this guy sitting by himself at the coffee shop, and she goes, excuse me, sir, do you want prayer for anything? The guy, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna just, this is exactly what happened. The guy goes, <laughs> of course you would, of course you would. He's like, I'm just sitting here praying for God to help, and this cute little girl comes up and says, do I want prayer? And then he starts falling on his knees in the middle of the courtyard of Starbucks, lifting his hands up to heaven, going, I forgive him, Father, I forgive him, I forgive him. That guy was a grandfather and found out one of his family members was molesting his grandkids and was sitting there wanting to go kill him and was praying that God would help him. And Valerie walks up and says, excuse me, sir, I just felt God's love. Do you want prayer for anything? And that's all. That's all. That was crazy. Obviously, I'm still shook from that. That was just insane. But all I'm saying is just God is always doing these things. Do you want to be his hands and feet? There's reward in that. There's so much reward in that. The reward is seeing people get saved. It's, there's nothing better than that, you know? There's nothing better than that. God bless him. Bless that guy. Man, Jesus can do it. Jesus can do it. We're just, we're just partnering with Jesus. It's who Jesus is. He's never changed. And we get to be his hands and feet and just partner with him. He'll take care of the rest. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Everything else will be added unto you. Everything else. Not to say there's not seasons in your life where seeking first looks like starting a business and and doing all that. That's awesome. And God's calling you to do that. Just keep the main thing the main thing. If you have a nine to five, go to nine to five and do your job and work hard for your boss. Do it. Do it with excellence and be a sign and a wonder of what an excellent worker looks like. That's evangelism, right? Working with all your might, not being a complainer, getting wisdom from God for solutions for people, that's evangelism. And when they ask, hey, like, what's going on? Just give them a reason for the hope that you have, you know? Just don't, let's just not be ashamed of Jesus, all right? Let's just let this thing out. We have good news to share. Come on. We have, we have really good news. You may not have a crazy testimony, crazy, and I use it like this, crazy where you're like, well, like I was like, you know, a prostitute or this or that, and then Jesus transformed my life. You may not have that story to share. It doesn't matter if you have him, he's light, and the world needs light, you know? You just have him. You, you have the source. That's the only thing you need. Share that light. He's so good. Come on. Jesus saved my life. I was, I was a depressed kid. I was just like a, a party kid. I liked to go to all the parties in high school. Friday, just looking at my phone, where all the parties at? Seen, seen just years of getting in fights. I got a fake tooth right here because I was drunk, called some guy out who didn't want to fight me. And then I was like full of pride. I was like, come on, man, fight me. And he's like, I'm not going to fight you, bro. And I was like, come on, man, square up. And then he's like, dude, I don't want to fight you. And then for like 10 minutes, I was like, come on, square up, bro. And then he like punched my face in in one punch. It was like, it was awesome, dude. Pride comes before the fall. The Bible says actually in Proverbs, it says, first comes pride, then comes destruction. There's so many people living in this darkness, man. Like, 
people need to get saved. I needed to get saved. I was dumb. Seriously, so dumb. I would be dead. I would be so dead right now. Ah. He's just really real. He's so good. Yeah, that guy, I remember I just swung at him like this, and he was way smaller than me. Flies up like this, one punch, knocks my face in, breaks my teeth in. I got a fake tooth from it to this day. Prom, my senior year prom was the next day. Had to call... Had to call in the dentist to cement my tooth in. I looked, and my tooth was, or my lip was all fat in my prom picture. I was like, hey. <laughs> but I'm saying, like, the world dwelling in great darkness has seen a light. This light is Jesus. How are they going to call, how was I going to call on him if I haven't heard about him? Growing up, my parents would tell me about Jesus. I'd go to church, but I wanted nothing to do with him, you know? But at least I had the name Jesus in my head, that maybe Jesus is God. And maybe when I do want to call on him, maybe it would be Jesus, you know? I was, I was an atheist party kid, addicted to drugs. I like, there's this weight of suicide on my life. Like when I was a little kid, I was like eight years old. And I remember being in a tree with a noose around my neck, like eight years old, wanting to kill myself. I just wanted to die, like so much in my life. I was carrying this cloud. I just wanted to die, wanted to kill myself. And like when I was 18 or 19, I tried. I, I, I had sliced my arm so many times. I woke up in a hospital bed with like probably 150 lacerations, stitches all over. I still got like marks all over. I just wanted to kill myself. But God, he's just light and he's love, you know? And, and why I say all that is not just be like, this is a crazy story, but because what, you know what, what is crazy is when I wanted to kill myself, you know what I wanted? I just wanted to be taken care of. I remember feeling so lonely and I was like, maybe I'll cut my arm, wake up in a hospital bed or be dead and be taken care of. That's what I remember. It's because, dude, I had tried everything. So many relationships, nonstop drugs, waking up in the morning. I was like in between a pack of cigarettes to this, that. It's the same. Whether your thing is drugs or just other things, without God, every well is going to run dry and you have a well of living water in you. And sometimes it's as simple as like, I love you, Jesus loves you. You know? That, it can be so simple. You can tell someone Jesus loves them and it can, it can stick with them like glue and they can't shake it. I literally have heard a testimony of this guy walking by, this guy who looked like, like straight up gangster, and he's like, and he felt the Lord say, tell him I love him. And he's like, heck no. Like, I don't want to tell that guy. And he kept walking, and he's like, like the guy looked like he wanted to kill He looked really angry, like really angry. And he just kept hearing God say, just tell him I love you. Tell him Jesus loves you. And he finally turned around and said, from way far away, he's like, hey, bro, Jesus loves you. <laughs> and the guy just goes, what did you say? What did you say? And I think he started weeping. Did you tell me this testimony? Was it you? Uh, yeah. Jesus. Oh, it's a Jesus burger. Like, and, and the guy starts weeping. He's like, you're like the seventh person to tell me that today. And he just like gives his life to Jesus, man. It, here's the deal. That doesn't have to be the epitome of your evangelism, though, okay? If you don't see stuff like that, don't be like, I'm terrible at evangelizing. Evangelizing. Some people sow the seed. Some people water it. God makes it all grow. Don't worry about it. You're just called to sow seed. Be a seed sower. Tell people Jesus loves them. Tell them about the gospel. Tell them the good news. Tell them that there's a resurrection for them. And if they need healing, ask if you could pray for them. It's okay if you get rejected. Jesus was rejected. You don't have to feel that weight of rejection because you're one with him. He loves you. He, if you are content in what God thinks about you, you don't need acceptance from anybody else. If you're just content, like, I know you love me. 
I don't need, love isn't I need something from you. It's I love you. It's an outward pouring, you know? So you're not like, I need you to accept what I'm saying right now so I can feel validated in my evangelism. No, you're like, I love you. I know a really good God who changed my life. I want the same for you. They're going to see it. Come on, Jesus. Pra- practically, we're going to wind down. Practically, how do we do this? How do we start? Some things you can do is just what I was feeling because I was feeling this, man, I don't know any non-believers in my life right now. I'm like, I feel like I'm in the Christian bubble all of a sudden, you know, which is great. There's seasons for that. But I was like, I want to meet non-believers, you know. And I prayed this prayer. Two days later, I'm at a park, and there's this dad with his son, and I'm in dad land with my kids. And we, he just, we just hit it off. Like, I just had super un- unnormal, unnatural favor with this guy. This guy loved me. He was just like, can I get your number? And like, we became dad friends. And then the next time we went to the park together, we hit each other up. And we just, the whole time, all we talked about was the gospel and like philosophy. He's like a really big philosophical thinker. And he threw out like being Marxist and threw out being a Satanist at one point. But I think it's kind of all, all everything but Jesus kind of. So it was great, you know? But it was, just, it was just like, God will honor your prayers. Like, he's ready. He's ready. Just ask him. God, I'm ready. Like, let's go, you know? Thank you, God. Uh, I think we're going to wind down now. Can we get the, well, it's time. Can we get the worship team up here? <laughs> Come on. Come on. Jesus is so good. Come on. <laughs> you guys want to hear one more testimony that I love sharing? One time I was at my parents' house, and uh, this was when I still lived there. And uh, this is like over a decade ago. <laughs> I don't live there now. I'm married. I got kids. All right. We moved on. Um, there was a plumber outside their neighbor's house, and the same thing. I couldn't shake that I was supposed to talk to this guy. I didn't want to talk to the guy. It took me 30 minutes. I was hoping he would leave by the time I got the boldness. I don't know why. Sometimes this happens. Sometimes you just overflow, and it happens. Sometimes there's like there's a war going on in the heavenlies. You know, sometimes if you're, pretend you're like a real warrior and there's a battle going on and, and all the battles over there, like at a, tr- at a tr- trench and there's like fighting and stuff, but you're like, ah, I'll just sit over here and like, boom, you know, but sometimes you don't want to dive in, but that's sometimes the same thing. It's a real war going on in the spirit. You haven't been given a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. The devil's afraid of you. The reason why you get so much resistance is because the devil's terrified of Christ in you. The Bible says, just as he is, so are you in this world. And Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. All of humanity was subjected to oppression and slavery to the devil. And the only one who broke the yoke was Jesus on the cross. And you're set free. And you're the hands and feet of Jesus. And you have the power. You have the authority. But if we don't know we have the authority, we're not going to use it. You know? If a cop doesn't know he's a cop, he's not going to arrest you and use his authority. It's the same thing. If you don't know you have the authority of Jesus to destroy the works of the devil in people's lives, you're not going to do it. Come on, Jesus. So I saw that plumber, and I was just like, oh, I got to talk to him. But 30 minutes go by, and finally I'm like, okay, I got to go talk to him. I get it, God. I go up and talk to him, and I didn't have anything. I said, hey, I just wanted to say I was just inside watching you do your thing, and I couldn't shake it, man. I just, I just, had, I just felt God's love for you so strong, and I just had to come out here and tell you that God loves you. And then he was just like, he was an older man, and just kind of was like, okay. And I was like, also, do you have, and at the moment, I felt Jesus say he gets pain in his back. I said, do you have a problem with your back and your lower back? You get pain in your back. He's like, yeah, I do. And I was like, can I pray for you? He's like, okay. Prayed for his back. I don't remember if he was like, oh, crazy healed. I just remember the love of God being tangible. That's all I remember. I said goodbye, went home. Um, the next day, I get a knock on my door, and it's this old lady. And she said, did you pray for an old man yesterday? And she said, that's my husband. She said, I'm a believer. 
I've been saved for 40 years praying every night for him. And he came home that night and couldn't shake this thing where this young man came out and told him that God loves him. And she's like, did you get like a word from God about his back? Like, did you know? He's like, and he told me that you knew about his back pain. And she was just so grateful. Come on. It's, it's also being the feet to someone else's prayers. She's praying, you know, and you get to partner. It's like, I'm going to be the feet to someone's prayers. Oh, Jesus. Come on. Father, we just thank you. You're so good. <laughs> You're so good, Father. You're so good. God, we just pray for boldness, just like in Acts. Father, when they were facing persecution, they didn't say, well, we're getting persecuted. Now we uh, better uh, slow it down a little. But they prayed and they said, uh, God, pour out your spirit on us. Fill us with boldness. Grant us boldness to keep preaching your gospel and stretch forth your hands to perform signs and wonders in the name of your servant, Jesus. So Father, in the same way, God, no matter what we're going through in life, I pray that we would have eyes to see and ears to hear the loss, the cries of the loss, the cries of the broken. God, I pray that when we look in people's eyes, God, we would just see with your eyes. We would see what they need to hear. And ultimately, we would just flow in love, God. We would just flow in love for others, God. Yeah, Jesus. Jesus. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Yeah, we're going to invite the prayer team up. If you're on the prayer team, please come up. If you want just prayer for anything, feel free to come up. If you want prayer for boldness, feel free to come up. Um, The last thing I want to say is this isn't a condemnation get it together, go evangelize, you're wasting your life. This is a keep remaining in Jesus and keep doing it, right? Keep making the main thing the main thing. You're doing awesome. Amen? Come on. Praise Jesus. Amen. Hope you enjoyed this week's Sunday sermon. We pray you experience all God has for your life. It comes, the stars, the